0: And I'm Jock Wilson. And this is the Calgary Stampeder Podcast. And, Jock, we are coming to the end of an era, not at the end of the regular season, but uh, going into the playoffs. This is going to be it for Wally Buono. Toot fini. he has said that this is going to be it. This is his last year as coach. And I don't think Wally Buono is a guy who's going to go back on his word. The man, the myth, the legend, the winningest coach in Canadian
1: Football League history. Some players love him. Some players, well, they respect him him,
0: and some players, they don't like him at all. Nope. But the one thing you have to do is, uh, you have to respect Wally Buono sure. for what he's uh, been able to do. And that, you know when I talk to people in and around the Canadian Football League, you know, whether it's, you know, broadcasters, players, former players, that is the word you hear about, uh, about Wally Buono, is respect. You know, the fact of the matter is, you know, he's uh, not always the, the warmest and fuzziest guy out there, but he is the winningest head coach. You know, more wins. He has, uh, you know, a fistful of championship rings you cannot argue with what the man has accomplished were you in calgary when he was hired as the head coach or were you still in edmonton at the time i was just moving to calgary Calgary as he became uh, as he became the head coach and and things turned around completely i know you go back a little bit further yeah
1: well it was it was so interesting because there were two individuals that were in the running for the job tom higgins and of course wally buono And Tom really thought he was going to get the job. I thought Tom was going to get the job. And Wally got the job. And I tell you what, it turned out to be an excellent hire for the Calgary Stampeders because he really did, you know, turn this organization around. He replaced Larry Kharak, of all people, and Coach Q was a complete disaster. And so it was just a different direction for the organization. And, of course, they had some very, very solid years. It was too bad how it ended here in Calgary, but I will say those were some very good years under Wally Buono for the Calgary Stampeders.
0: And Wally was always uh, a kind of unknowable, I thought. As a guy who covered this team a lot, uh, you know, talked to Wally a lot, he was never a guy that you could really sort of get uh, an, an insight on. And so as we get ready to close the book on the Wally Buono era, we mm-hmm. wanted to talk to a guy who could uh, maybe get us a little bit of insight. As a matter of fact, uh, you were able to track down our
1: outstanding color analyst, Greg Peterson. Greg Peterson was coached by Wally Buono, I think he also well, no, it wasn't cut by Wally Buono, but uh, he did play his final year for uh, for Wally Buono as well. Uh, here's a conversation Dave had with uh, Greg.
0: So, Greg, uh, how did you meet Wally? Sort of what was what was your first impression? How did you two first get together?
2: Well, Wally first when I first met him, he uh, became an assistant coach. He was a defensive line coach. Um, under Bob Vespasiani, and so he was one of our defensive coaches. So I really didn't get to know him, uh, the first year when he was a coach, and then, uh, when, uh, Kuherik took over, Coach Kuheric, uh, he moved him to a linebacker coach, which really was Wally's special team. Uh, and so I got to know Wally quite well then, and then of course when he became a head coach, um i was going to law school at the time and so i really didn't get to meet him until i got back and the first thing i did was go into his office and and uh, you know all all the players had congratulated him months prior but i was busy going to law school so i went in and i kind of felt a little bad that I wasn't there to acknowledge it. And I just remember he set me at ease and just said, hey, I don't, look about, I don't care about those type of things, Greg. Just go out and play for me and, and, and things will work out. So that's when I really got to know Wally when he first became the, the head coach.
0: Did, uh, the, when, when you got to know him as a head coach, I mean, you, you knew him a little bit as an assistant, but did, did he change, did Wally, the coach, change from being an assistant to being a head coach? Because it's just, you know, it's such an entirely different role.
2: Well it is but Wally was Wally he's got his own personality uh and he he's he's got his opinions and he's strong conviction to his opinions and when he when he was an assistant coach uh, he had his thoughts about what he wanted to do but I think he couldn't do it because he wasn't the head man and uh you know he would certainly voice his uh, opinions about things as an assistant coach, but then defer to the head coach. Then when he became the head coach, you know, immediately I saw the impact. He brought in many things, and one of the first things he did was uh, instill an atmosphere about how we had to beat the Edmonton Eskimos, and we had to overcome that psychological thing that we had, I guess, as a team, and he got rid of a lot of guys that he think uh, or thought they just wouldn't make it or cut it or whatever. So he certainly was... Willing to uh, release people and get on with uh, what he thought he needed to do. Very uh, stern in his uh, opinions, and he he follows him through.
0: Did that rub a lot of people the wrong way when he came in and oh, started? Yeah. Oh yeah, blowing blowing <laughs> things up.
2: Oh yeah, no, it, it rubbed a lot of people the wrong way. And uh, um, and any any head coach, uh, sometimes you have tension uh and but Wally understood that and he, but i think his best thing was Wally was a defensive genius he really knew his defensive and he knew how to surround himself with good people he had good assistant coaches uh, you know like Tom Higgins and other very good uh, John Hoffnagel of course coaching the offense at that time um, he, he brought in some very very good coaches and let them do their thing and then he did his thing while, while he was the head coach he was still uh, kind of like Chris Jones now the defensive coordinator so um, and I got to know Wally quite well because of the, the safety of the team I you know made all the defensive calls and uh, for a while I was team captain there for a bit and I was a player rep so I really got to know quite Wally quite well and we had our issues and 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 went at it a couple times um uh, but you know wally i got the utmost respect for him
0: was he a guy i mean i guess because when you look at that era if you're looking for two guys to contrast maybe you could you know have you know wally buono who always seemed like more of the calm cool guy you know and don matthews who was like the the raw raw living living on the edge kind of motivator how did wally motivate and you know how did you compare him to some of the other coaches of the time
2: um, he, he was different. He, he was stern in, in many ways. He, he, he just told you what it was like. He, he would ke- come right out and he was very honest in, in what he had to say to you. So if you weren't playing well, or if he didn't think you did well, he would call you right out. And some guys didn't like that. I know he called me out a couple of times and obviously you don't like to, to be called out, but he did it in a very respectful manner. Um, and he, and he just brought stability and, um, I guess a calmness after we had Larry Koherr, who was quite volatile at times. Where Wally isn't volatile at all, but very stern and going to do what he wants to do, and very honest in his assessment of you. And he'll tell you right to your face, and and you know, c- c- come right out and say you're not playing very good. We, we you need to play better, and and he do it right in front of the team. And but you know, he didn't do it in a disrespectful manner. He just did it in a professional manner.
0: Was he a guy that you could you could change his mind about anything, or if he was set on something, that was it, written in stone?
2: He he liked his way. He was set A funny story was one time, um, 1992 Great Cup, my very last year. I played 10 years, and word around the locker room was that Pete, that's what everybody called me, this could be his last year. He just wants his Great Cup. My law practice was starting to Take off a little bit, and I remember we're preparing in Toronto. Our very first uh, meeting we had to prepare for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, we were playing them in the Grey Cup. Wally always would roll out his game plan, and I kind of looked at it, and you know, and guys would ask me, because I had to make various Checks And uh, if they did this, I had to check out of it. And, you know, it was a a, a great thing for me to be the safety because I really got to learn what everyone else had to do. And I remember I said, Wally, I think you should do this. (laughs) And he um, threw his clipboard down, and he kind of said right in front of the whole defense, Peterson, when are you going to retire? <laughs> and, uh, I, I, you know, the whole defense was kind of shocked that he would do that. And I says, well, I don't know, Wally, I guess after this game, and he kind of lifted and goes, I sometimes hope you just retire because you think you, you're the coach sometimes, don't you? So he would, he would put you in your place, and he, he did me at that time. But, you know, I joke about it now.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go. I was like, yeah, because this was this guy wasn't exactly a barrel of laughs. Is the feeling I get when I talk to uh, you, you know talk to guys uh, guys who played for him.
2: Well, he, he was he, he was professional. Uh, he knew his stuff. He told you what he wanted, and he expected you to go out and do it. And he wasn't like he joke around with you a lot, although he would you he know he'd do that a little bit. And uh, you know that that was the era. This is understand. This is like. You know, the late 80s and early 90s, the professional football player mentality back then, I think, is different than it is today. I believe that a head coach has to handle today's players different than a head coach had to handle players back in the late 80s and early 90s, just like a head coach in the early uh, late 80s and early 90s probably handled players different than back in the 60s and the 50s. Wally is smart enough and a good enough coach that he's probably evolved a little bit. But back in our time, um, he was quite stern, and and this is how it is. I think today's athletes, uh, they're treated a little bit different. And Wally has had to learn how to evolve and treat today's players different than players of different eras
0: and of course uh, he was also you know coach and general manager and i, I don't know i mean after john hofnagel i just don't know that we're going to see that many coach slash gms uh if ever having to deal with the same guy for two different aspects of the business what was that like
2: um it was it, it's always difficult because you you've got you know you, you got to deal with the guy with your salary now it wasn't with me because i i was never disappointed in my salary and and wasn't demanding big-time money, but when you're trying to tell a player whether he's negotiating that salary or that for himself, most of the players now have agents, but whether you're telling the agent, look, he's only worth this much, and then you got to go out and coach the guy and and kind of put that aside. Sometimes it's difficult, And uh, but Wally, again, did, did a pretty good job. I had to negotiate. When I was done playing, I... Did a little sports agency, Marshall Toner and I did, and I negotiated lots of contracts uh, against Wally for for a couple of players, and uh, you know he was very stern once again, and he would just he would uh, tell you how what he thought it was, and it was tough to get him to move off that number. So, uh, but you know that's why he's been so successful. He he has convictions, he sticks to them, he's professional about it, and uh, because of it, he's been very successful. And look, he's the winningest coach of all time.
0: And, I mean, obviously, you know, he's had so many players through the years. You know, but when I talk to guys about Wally, again, it's, uh, you know, I, I don't know if there's a whole lot of guys that, you know, say, man, I just, you know, I, I love Wally Buono. But certainly a lot of guys that say, I respect Wally Buono.
2: Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and uh, you know, maybe that's because Wally was quite blunt in his assessment of you, but that's the way it is with most coaches. You look at any great coach, I think, you know, um, you look at the coaches in the NFL, and uh, my brother, who played professional hockey for 14 years, coached, uh, you know, he had Scotty Bowman as a coach most of his career. Can the players say they love Scotty Bowman? Uh, no. Now, that's, I'm not comparing Scotty Bowman to Wally Bowen or anyone else. Every coach has his own personality. Uh, but it's tough to, um, sometimes as a player, you're going to have a little bit of tension between player and coach. And players come and go, and a coach, good coach, stays always all all the time like wally did for a long time the player that comes and goes usually leaves on a bitter note 90 percent of the players in any professional sports league leave before they want to leave and so they go out bitter but if the coach doesn't get rid of that player then they're not going to have a job much longer and wally's always been good at that he seemed to get rid of guys or you know cast him off so to speak um uh, at the appropriate time and but uh, good coaches have to do that and it's just the the way the business is so you're you're going to have a respect for a coach but you don't always have to love the guy
0: Is there ever going to be another one like him in the CFL?
2: Uh it's going to be tough. I uh, I I don't not obviously not for a long time but you never know. You look at a young coach like Dave Dickinson could he ever uh, surpass Wally for wins. If Dave coached as long as Wally, he he could probably do it. And then you look at Dave. Dave's totally different type of coach than Wally, and very successful in his own way. So it gets back. To, it, it it gets back to every single coach has their own personality. Wally has his. He was successful at it. It's not saying that's the only way to do it. Dave Dickinson is a different type of coach, and Don Matthews was a different type of coach. All I can say is. I'm grateful that I had Wally as a coach. I'm grateful he came along in my career because it was kind of towards the end, and if he hadn't, uh, my career wouldn't have been as good, and I don't think would have ended with a great cup win in 1992, a great way for me to end off my career. I give Wally Bono a lot of credit for that. One
0: thing I found really interesting there is uh, while talking to Greg and talking to the Peterson brothers, one played for Wally Bono and one played for Scotty Bowman. And again, you know, hockey and football, but kind of a, a similar guy, a, a guy who's not universally beloved, but the guys who played for him say, hey, he got the best out of me and I've got all these championships as a result.
1: Well, and, and that's an excellent point. And, and uh, you know, I think the most interesting thing, as we said off the top of this podcast, uh, you know, players respected him. Not everybody liked Wally Buono. Uh, there were a few players that really didn't like Wally Buono because he was he was ruthless at times, you know, and, and he knew if you were at the end of your, even if you still had game, if you were at the end of the rope, he was either going to ask you to take a pay cut or he was going to get you to uh, to move on to another uh, organization. And and hey, good on Wally Bono because he went through some real crap in this city. Yeah. Because because, you know, some of the different ownership groups that he had, you know, the uh, all of those different things that were going on with this organization and then of course how he uh, how we left the organization. I don't blame him. If I was in his shoes, you know, and I get told to play the owner's uh,
0: the owner's uh, son, this quarterback, I, I'd get going to Dodge, have, too. I'm I'm out of there because, you know, that uh, that sticks to me. And, you know, I wonder, you know, Greg and I talked about it a little bit, and I don't know that there's going to be another Wally Buono because, you know, coaching has mm. changed. Players have changed. You know, you can't necessarily treat players the way that, you know, the, the way that Wally was known for. And also, uh, coaching general manager. I, I don't know that you're going to see that combination. I mean, you know, we've seen it with John Huffnagel. Uh, you know, Kent Austin certainly that didn't go so good out uh, out in Hamilton. I think uh, there's just too much in the modern game for one guy to do two jobs. Yeah, you make a good point. Although I think
1: Chris Jones is a guy that you know obviously wants control. And a lot of people will say, "Hey, if you have to have a good relationship, you know, with the general manager, maybe you're better off to be the general manager and the <laughs> coach, because then you have a a great relationship." And, you know, it's it's kind of like a marriage when you got the coach and the uh, and the general manager. Uh, you know, from that perspective. So I, I remember talking to Dave Dickinson in his office, and we were talking about Wally Buono last time uh, BC Lions were in Calgary. Yeah. And I said, we said, "Tell us some uh, tell us some Wally Buono stories." And he said only time i ever got fined in my life was from Wally Buono. he said he was with the BC Lions and he was at basically the, the training facility all morning and then it was time to have the team meeting with all the players and he showed up what one minute late Yeah. and wally wally fined him 10 bucks and then dave was <laughs> dave was upset <laughs> and the other time great cup game when wally decides uh, you know to to kick rather than take the ball after winning the coin toss and dave was not happy about that either so uh, give
0: me the football give
1: me the football that's exactly right. So. Now
0: Wally Wano, uh, a man who has uh, really put his stamp on the CFL. Uh, his era comes to an end. Uh, we wish Wally all the best uh, mm-hmm. in in whatever comes up because, again, you like him, you don't like him. He's a guy that you have to respect. As much as I would like to see
1: him you know, go out a winner, I, I don't know. Would Wally, Can Wally Wano go through the East? Knock off the Hamilton Tiger Cats, knock off the Ottawa Red Blacks, and win a championship
0: in his, in his swan song? If the last thing on Wally's resume is Eastern champion and he loses to <laughs> the Calgary Stampeders in the champion. Grey Cup. I'm fine with that. Wouldn't that be uh,
1: priceless, <laughs> eh? Going out as an Eastern Knit champion from that stand. Hey, who do you think is going to be the next head coach of the BC Lions? Any guesses?
0: Oh, boy. Well, there's uh, a certain defensive coordinator mm, uh, in yes. uh, in in the 403 area code I who is say, going to be hmm. very much uh, in demand in the offseason. And, you not know, just maybe in, not uh, just in
1: BC, but yeah, I think you're right. I think he's hmm. going to be in demand everywhere. So.
0: And maybe that West Coast style could be a nice uh, a nice fit for one Devon Claybrooks. Ah, you know, I, I can't can't argue that as well hey this has been fun it sure has and uh, hey if you've had fun just make sure you take some time out and uh, rate us let us know uh, what you think about what we're doing here also uh, make sure you tell friends about the podcast and if you want to drop us a line you got any ideas for future stampeder podcasts we are all ears for jock wilson i'm jock wilson you're dave Rowe. yes i am that's the stampeder podcast